are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, September 30th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc. Go and follow right now and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in to a special crossover edition of Lockdown Blackhawks and Lockdown Red Wings. The Blackhawks and the Red Wings both just uh, finished up their first preseason game of the year against each other. And uh, to talk about the game a little bit and some kind of just everything surrounding the teams heading into the year, I got the guys from Lockdown Red Wings, Nolan Bianchi, Scotty Bentley, boys, how you doing? Thanks for tuning in on this uh, late Wednesday night. At least uh, the Red Wings got the win for you late in the shootout, so you stayed up for stayed up for something promising. But uh, how, how you guys doing? You know, well, first time, up. long time that uh, we stayed up for anything involving the Red Wings, and it turned out to be a positive. So uh, good to be back, Jack. You know, uh, lots of um, negativity veiled in optimism. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, this preseason game was absolutely awful from a Red Wings standpoint. Yes, they got the win, but they played literally nobody. And so uh, all we learned tonight from a Red Wings standpoint is that Adam Ernie is still the GOAT. Um, he was just creating absolutely everywhere tonight. Uh, and, and Bobby Ryan really, really, really wants to make the Red Wings. And after this game, could probably say he's got a little bit of an inside track. I wouldn't call him a, a probable by any means. But uh, from a Red Wings standpoint, that was all we were really watching for tonight. And, uh, well, we got it. You know, some good play out of Michael Rasmussen as well. Just that really, that, that top line uh, starting to fill in for the Red Wings. Yeah, this is like my favorite thing to do is wildly overreact to the first preseason game of any sport. Easily, like my favorite thing to do in sports and, and in uh, in like the podcasting world and anything. It, it's easily my favorite pastime. And uh, I will be very happy to continue to do that tonight. Yeah, I mean, first bit of hockey action in a long time. You can't help but get a little bit too excited, right? Of course. But yeah, it was, it was, it was good to see like everything out on the ice, but it was just the same. It, it felt like watching like the red and white game a couple of days ago. And it, it, did you feel like different from your standpoint? Because there were a lot of Blackhawk starters playing in that game, guys you knew would be in the lineup, Jonathan Taves uh, being one of them, his return, stuff like that. Yeah, that for sure made it a little bit more enticing on our end. Taze being back, his first bit of action in over 400 days. Everyone's been waiting for uh, this day in particular, and it was a really, really good start for Jonathan Taze. He actually led all Blackhawks forwards with uh, well over, he had 22 and a half minutes of ice time. So um, they weren't holding him back, and he seemed really confident in his abilities. So that was really good to see. And then also, um, there were just a bunch of young guys. What's really interesting right now about the Blackhawks guys is 
and their bottom six, they're kind of in this tough spot where they have a lot of depth, like depth guys who could fill out the roster well, but they also have some youngsters who are right there on the cusp of cracking the lineup too. And it's going to be interesting to see how they mix and match them. And one of those guys was 2020 first round pick Lucas Reichel. He got his first and a bit of NHL action tonight for the Hawks. Uh, struggled a little bit, but can't say that's that's all that surprising. But he did have a nice uh, goal in the shootout. Well, I was hoping was, it was going to be the game winner, but <laughs> it didn't wasn't wound up meant to be. What were you saying? He was he was around. Like he he wasn't like making any big plays. He was just kind of like involved in the action. Like I felt like they were saying his name a lot. And he actually almost scored. I, I can't remember if it was the first or second period, but it was thanks to a nice play from Karel Tutayev uh, on the Red Wings, who like the puck was coming right for his stick, and the crease Tutayev comes over gets his stick on uh, Reichel's and that saves the goal. But I was, I mean, kind of impressed early on. I, I didn't think that, you know, he was a, any huge difference maker, but um, he was a guy that we were following. I know ahead of the 2020 draft. So uh, cool to see him kind of start, start his journey on the Blackhawks. Yeah. Uh, he's the thing about Reichel. He's got good speed and he's got the NHL skill set. It's just kind of, he's still 19 years old and his body isn't really um, sure. fully mature yet. So he was kind of getting outsized a little bit out there on uh, getting, you know, kind of rode off into the boards, but yeah, the skill set there is, is phenomenal. I'm super excited to see um, whether it be right out of camp or in a couple months down the road, Reichel step on to the scene for the Blackhawks. But yeah, that was really the, the exciting part for us was just seeing those young guys out there um, get, getting some game action, you know, you can read into practices and team scrimmages all you want, but none of that really matters. Uh, that, that's not really, you can't read into it too much. You got to see the guys in game action going up against guys who aren't on their team. Everyone's trying to impress and everyone's trying to make a roster. So um, it, it was a good first game action. And um, I, I really thought that the Blackhawks, even though they didn't come out with the win, it's a preseason game and I got no complaints on my end. But it was a little bit weird to see that the Red Wings didn't really play on any of those big name guys. What, what do you think the reason uh, for that was, guys? Uh, maybe just giving them an extra day. I think like with the way that they, I know that they were trying to split it up um and to, like they don't want guys playing like back to back games. Jeff Blashville kind of gave an explanation for it yesterday. It will probably fill in the cracks as to why certain guys weren't playing in this particular game. It could just be a, a matter of, you know, them wanting to get some of the guys out there, get them that first taste uh, of that NHL experience and then kind of siphon them out for the rest of the preseason guys like uh, Alex Cotton, who's going to go back to the WHL, you know, like guys, um, Dominic shine, who I believe played like nine minutes tonight. Uh, just, just guys like that. I feel like maybe they kind of just got in and that was there like, Hey, there you go, kid. You know, let's uh, let's get you back here now. Um, I, I, I can't really say for sure. I don't know if you, you know anything about that Scotty, but. Uh... No, it, it was, I mean, it was, I, I think that, I think that if I, if I had a, to venture a guess, I, I think what you said is probably the most true. They, they just want to kind of, not to like show up and throw up, but like they just want to make sure that that as we get closer and closer and deeper and deeper into the preseason, obviously the bigger and bigger names will play more and more and more. And I think maybe in this first game, Jeff was just like, well, you know, let, let's just get all the everybody out there. And, and that's why we saw so many people tonight that have like absolutely zero chance of making this team out of camp. But, you know, they, they go in, they get a little bit of experience. 
And then, like I said, as we get closer and closer to, to opening night, then, then you'll see, you know, the Zadinas and, and Larkins and Bertuzzi's and stuff start getting more and more minutes. I, I'm more of interested to see the next like two games, kind of the minutes distribution and see if it's going to be like a gradual thing. And if that's just like the plan, because that would make, that would make a, this make a lot more sense, right? If we came in and, and, you know, Zadina and Larkin and, and them played like 12 minutes or 10 minutes next game. And then like gradually kind of eased into it, but that, yeah, I, I would say that that's, that's probably my best guess too, is he just wanted to make sure everybody left camp with a little bit of experience at least yeah. one thing that kind of befuddled me real quick before we move on is Giovanni Smith who is a guy who for all intents and purposes this is his year to make the roster like it, like the timeline says he should be up this year one of those jobs you think he's going to go out and grab it he only got nine minutes tonight he, he played I think or maybe it was 11 minutes he played the second least out of any Red Wings forward besides Dominic Shine. I thought that was really interesting. And, and I don't know if it tells me anything specific, but maybe it tells me something about how, like that, how they're, I guess, managing these lineups and maybe gives a little bit of credence to the idea that, Hey, Dominic shine, this is your, your one game, even though he only played nine minutes. One, one last Red Wings guy I do want to point out though, before we move on, because I can't believe we didn't mention him off the top was Mitchell Stevens. And I'm not going to ask you to do a breakdown or anything, but he's a guy who the Red Wings acquired over the off season. Um, still a pretty young guy. Steve Eisenman drafted him when he was in Tampa over in 2015 has skill went 33rd overall in that draft. And he is kind of played really well in, in camp and it comes out tonight, scores another goal. That goal wasn't a very good goal to give up by Kevin Lankin and wouldn't, I mean, it, it really shouldn't have gone in, but he scored and, and he was in a position to get a good shot off that ended up going in the back of the net. I'm just curious uh, what you saw out of him tonight, uh, if anything, um, in this game. Yeah, I know Stevens a couple of times. Him and um, Ernie were around a bunch. Um, okay, off the top of my head. Third guy. Bobby Ryan, too. Like they were. Bobby Ryan was grimy all night. Uh, scored that greasy goal late, of course. <laughs> it's like Bobby Ryan classic oh no but Mitchell Stevens um what I saw on that play in particular he just got down into the slot uh and they kind of used the defender as a screen to get that shot off you know and that's in those situations that's what you're trying to do you're trying not to give the good the goaltender a good look on on the at the puck uh, and I thought he did it did that well and for Lankin and that was you know a little bit of a toughie to give up aside from that I thought he played well the red wing killer by the way Kevin Lankin in um now that's Pew Suter actually but let's get into Pia Suter how's uh <laughs> how's the boy looking so far through training camp what's the latest on Pia Suter because I was pretty disappointed when the Blackhawks got rid of him I understood that uh someone down the middle had to go it was probably either him or Dylan Strom it was looking like with the way things have been going but um it, it was just tough that we let him go for nothing you know it was just a really weird situation but uh what are your thoughts on getting Pia Suter and how's he looked so far guys all right, ladies and gentlemen, the crossover with the boys from Lockdown Red Wings will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even as much as 100% more for the exact same parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership? 
Chain stores and car dealerships have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and you can even choose the brands, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're also the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you'll ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices? I also need to talk to you all about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So go get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more right now at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Views have been fantastic so far, to be honest with you. I mean, from the people that we've talked to, at least that that in camp and stuff early on, have been have been glowing. To be, I mean, they they've uh, I I have yet to hear a negative thing. I don't know about you, Nolan. No, yeah, and he actually uh, had a pretty strong performance in that red and white game as well. I think really he's kind of a guy that you really know what you have in him. So like for a game like tonight, that probably explains why they leave him out of the roster. But he really is is sizing up to be that. Uh, number two center. And I got to actually ask you a question. I can't remember if I asked you this the last time that we did a crossover, but let's say Pew Suter ends up on a line with not his old Guelph teammates, Robbie Fabry and Tyler Bertuzzi. Let's say he ends up on a line with Jacob Verana and Phillips Adina. Is that much of a drop? Or I, I know it's it's obviously a, a talent drop off. I'm not going to in any way imply that it's not. Is it that much of a difference than playing with DeBrinket and Kane from maybe a style standpoint or anything like that? Because I've been trying to kind of put this in my head together all season. It feels like that would be the closest thing to what he did in Chicago. Yeah, I think that seems like it would be a, a good situation for him. At the same time, you know, it, I only got to see. Pia Suter in this shortened COVID-19 season. And again, he was playing with Alex DeBrinkin and Patrick Kane. So it's like, yeah. Was Pia Suter really good? Um, I'm for sure. I mean, as a rookie, he came in and did his job well. They asked him to be the number one center for this team. And he probably didn't even think he was going to get that good of an opportunity when he signed with the Hawks. So um, he, he showed that he has the offensive capabilities. He still needs to work a little bit. And the defensive areas, the faceoff dot, he struggled a little bit, as rookies tend to do, though. Um, 
but I, I still think I still think it's just kind of a little too early. And personally, it's just hard for me to describe exactly what type of player Pia Suter is at this point. But that does sound like it would be um, a situation that he'd be fairly comfortable in, considering that he was playing with similar guys who uh, guys who provided similar roles for the Blackhawks last season. I feel like Phillips Adina in a lot of ways is like Patrick Kane light. Like I think like if everything goes well for Phillips Adina, he will end up in the exact same prototype as a Patrick Kane type player. I think Phillips Adina probably has a little more two-way game in him. Uh, and I think that that's probably what are you saying. Uh, Patrick Kane <laughs> Come on, man. Say Patrick Kane doesn't have to play defense <laughs> if he doesn't want to. Um, play defense. <laughs> I I think because he wasn't like the goal scorer that everybody was expecting him to be right when he came into the league, like that was his big development point last year was working on that two-way game. And we were obviously super impressed with it all year. Um, and sorry, I just completely lost my train of thought. Somebody just sent me a team's message. Wasn't yeah, talking those, about. those happen. Oh, you're Suter, talking about Zadina, Kane. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this is what happens to your brain after midnight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is your brain. This is your brain after Red Wings and Blackhawks preseason hockey. Um, <laughs> fuck, what's this? Oh, and I, I just feel like since that wasn't such a, a focal point of the game, since it was something that he kind of had to put by the wayside while he developed his two-way game, trying to – earn a, a regular spot in an NHL lineup it might end up working out a, l- a little bit better for him but I just love the way uh Philip Sedina moves around the ice when he has the puck and when he's like standing straight up and he's doing like the straight up stick handling thing that Patrick Kane's doing uh that that's always really exciting you know something that's like the, that's that. like the exactly that's like the coolest thing when they're standing there and then they do the little like two three skips to the right to to get going you're like oh boy here we go i love i love when someone's coming up the neutral zone with speed and they hit the two hops they just hit like the two hop steps to yeah. get going i'm like oh, yeah. <laughs> when you like when you see mcdavid hit those hops you're like oh he's gone it's about to go down <laughs> yeah you're like oh there's a jet uh but what i want to get into next boys is uh what's just kind of the mood around this Detroit Red Wings team heading into the season, because obviously they have a lot of good young talent in their system. It's no secret. I mean, there's a lot of talent that's going to be coming through this organization in the next few years, but at the same time right now, even though this past off season was crucial shedding money and get a bunch of those old guys off the, off the payroll, there still is a couple of them there, you know? So like what's kind of like the goal or the, the fit of this Red Wings team this year and what's the mood surrounding it? Uh, I, I think the, uh, my interpretation, I guess mine uh, specifically is uh, improvement without like too much looking at like point total, like team points, right? Like I, I think everybody wants a, an improvement. I think everyone wants a clear step forward from last year, uh, like, like a noticeable step, but um, I, I also don't think that anyone's going to be too hung up on uh, on on win losses. I, I really compared a lot, honestly, to the step the Tigers took this year versus last year. Like, I, I think that, you know, the, the, the Tigers are going to finish around 10 games under 500, but that is that is sizably an improvement. If you, over if you said that in May, you would be. right oh yeah exactly exactly so like I think I think that's kind of the the expectation is is not 
not even like, not even like 500 hockey, not even like some massive, you know, like we're in playoff contention type B, but, but just uh, uh, considering the depths of where we came from, like there, you can still improve dramatically and still be like sub 500. And I think that's kind of what most people are looking at. And, and really at outside of team performance, I, I really think most people are only going to care about uh, like how the kids look. I think that's like, like if we, we have the the fourth or fifth worst record in the NHL again, but but most cider plays out of his mind and Zadina takes a huge step forward. I think that's really all people are going to care about. Yeah, that I mean that's kind of at this stage of what Detroit's what the Red Wings are in. You're you're only caring about what's going to be the core going forward, not about the guys who probably aren't going to be here down the road. Sure, you're still trying to figure out what other pieces of the puzzle you currently right. have or still are going to need down the road. But the most important thing is going to be how those kids perform because they're really going to be the ones that have the capability to change this organization. And I actually wanted to talk to you guys about Moe Sider because uh, I kind of want to bet him for the, uh, the Calder, man. I really do. <laughs> you might be able to get good odds on him. That's why, that's why I want to do it. That's why I want to do it. Because I think if, if he plays consistently at the NHL level, I think he has the ability to do it. But that's the question, you know? Yeah. And the thing with him is like the knock against or the thing that like is, is going to be the knock against him for like, just from a logical, like betting standpoint is like, will he be able to drum up enough buzz without, you know, being the electrifying offensive person that Kale McCarr, Quinn Hughes was, I think the answer is yes, because like what this guy does physically on the defensive end, and I know he's not going to be able to, to, treat NHL players like he can the SHL players but we also kind of said that about the SHL players to the AHL players and in every single game several clips were coming out of Mo just tossing people around like they were nothing and it's actually really funny because we were talking about this on yesterday's episode and just his like style of play because he didn't look very good in the scrimmage over the weekend and there were some moments where like he'd get beat and you're like oh that's not a good sign and you go back and watch it and you're like oh no that's because this was an exhibition game um he would have totally like broken this guy if, yeah if yeah it was a real game you know and and i just really think that like that is going to be enough to like keep him in the conversation and i think he might be a pretty great value bet if you were to to throw something down because i think a lot of people are going to love the way this guy plays the game i think a lot of people are going to love his personality uh and he's just a, a really exciting player to watch especially if the red wings have any kind of success this year he'll likely be the face of it uh if not lucas raymond which i would i would put most cider ahead of Lucas Raymond in this conversation right now, depending on, um, you know, if, if Raymond makes a team out of camp, I guess what his minutes are going to look like, but most cider to me, it, it might not be a great bet, but because the odds are going to get, I think it kind of has to be a great bet. You know what I'm saying? I completely know what you're saying, but so um, let's get into Raymond a little bit too. What, what is it looking like his odds are making it out of camp and uh, what kind of opportunities has he been getting so far? All right, ladies and gentlemen, this special crossover episode of Lockdown Blackhawks will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball is about to head into the postseason. Football season is 
three weeks in now. Fantasy football is back. And UFC also has a bunch of good fights coming up in the next couple of weeks. So for any sport you want to gamble on, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. And be sure to use our exclusive promo code LOCKEDON, that's one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, Nolan. What do uh, what do you, what do you think? Uh, what do you think? Lucas Raymond is making this hockey team out of training. Is this a touchy subject? Did I bring up a touchy subject? No, 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 no. Well, I mean, not touchy subject necessarily, but just something I've been very passionate about for quite some time now, and that is that Lucas Raymond is in fact making this team uh, on opening night. I just think he's got the goods. He's he's got everything. He's got all the intangibles. I've kind of spoken to it a lot on on our show, but just the way that people talk about him and and the type of maturity that he has off the ice, you almost forget how good he is on the ice and and like how good his tangible abilities are. And he came out in this red and white game over the weekend. He came out in the prospects tournament. He has played exceptionally well. He's flashing some goal scoring um, ability on top of a whole bunch of other stuff. I really, really want him to make it but like I, I think if he doesn't he'll be the first call up so it'll be like whatever you know like I, we'll get plenty of Lucas Raymond this season I would honestly be surprised if they they kept him to that nine game uh watermark there because I, I just think he's ready to come up and if anything it'll be something just to piss him off to say hey kid you got to work on this because he seems like a guy who would benefit from that type of of situation but his adaptability is really what is kind of on the forefront of of my feeling that he's going to make the team because every situation he's been in if he doesn't look comfortable at first like give him a period you know and and that's I think really going to help him throughout this preseason when it comes to standing out and making the team because like I said like he gets his shots and and he takes them like he doesn't he doesn't let them go to waste by any means yeah I think and and it's kind of like at this point as you can tell it's kind of a a joke Nolan and I have at this point just because um we did like a, like right after the season ended, we did like a hot takes for, for the off season or next season show, like way too early predictions. Yeah. And Nolan's was Lucas Raven making the team out of camp. And the reason that it keeps coming up though, is because like, and, and so when you first said it, I was like, you're, that's like out of pocket dog. Like there's literally no way that's <laughs> happening. But as the offseason has gone on and as like camp has gone on and, and, and all that, it keeps getting brought up because like it, it's looking more and more like a real possibility. And, and I think that that's a just the fact that it's being talked about as a possibility is fantastic news. Right. I mean, that's that's just in itself inherently is, is great because that means people that have a pulse within the organization have you know have a feel a type of way about him but watching him play too man like like Nolan covered a lot of it but just like he every coach that talks about him talks about the head on his shoulders and just talks about how 
he, he, he not, not, not like beyond his IQ, like just the adaptability and, and the way to, he adjusts so quickly and, and people overseas talk about that. People here talk about it. It's, it's just wild how this thing that, that I laughed at, I literally, the episode, I laughed at in Nolan's face. I was like, that is preposterous. And now we're, you know, two weeks, three weeks out of camp. And, and it's like, I don't know, man, like that's, people are talking, you know, the streets are talking. We got our ears to the pavement. We got some, we got some, some stuff on our ears and people are talking, man, for real. You know what it is that I'm just no smarter than like the average internet commenter. And the only <laughs> difference is I have a platform. So I either have to, to double down or, or backtrack. And I don't like doing the latter. So oh, uh, you doubled down huge this off season. Gabe Landis uh, many times. Philip Dunnell, eight million. You got it, buddy. Let's go. Why not? You know, uh, still waiting on that Elias Patterson offer sheet to come through, but we're, oh, we're, we're patient folk over here in hockey town. Uh, you know, I, I'll wait until early October. What is it, September 29th? Um, yeah, a couple more days. No, this, so this, this, this coming whole, any day now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This whole prediction was based off of uh, an article that was loosely translated in Swedish and relayed on Twitter. It, someone said, like, do you hope to make the Red Wings? And he said, I wouldn't be going over there if I wasn't. And I was like, that, is, that was the start of it. That was and, 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 and I'm not kidding. I wish I wish I was kidding, Jack. That is the level of hard hitting analysis that I have for you. You heard that and you were ready to run through a brick wall through. The I, I was I'm right. It was. <laughs> I feel well. Hey, man, you got some you got some fun storylines to keep an eye on here these next couple of weeks in training camp. Buddy. What about you? What's the uh, mood in uh, Chicago? Like, do is the 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 vibe really Stanley Cup or bust, or, or is that kind of what what we're doing here? The the playoffs for sure. I mean, I, I wouldn't say or bust, but God damn, it's close. You know, I mean, this team it, they have to put up a fight now. There's no excuses now. We made huge additions to the defense, which has been our Achilles heel forever. It seems like now we got Seth Jones, even if, you know, there's been a lot of debate over whether or not these past two years in Columbus have been like, Oh, is Seth not as good as he was anymore. Or what well, there's a huge argument going on in Twitter right now over the debate over whether or not Seth Jones is a true number one, but even if he's not, we went out and we got Jake McCabe, who has been a really good defensive defenseman for a terrible Buffalo Sabres team. The past few years, he's been one of the bright spots for them. Uh, and then obviously we got 2021 Vesna trophy winner, Mark Andre Fleury as well. And those three additions should make this defense a whole lot better than it's been. We also got Jonathan Taze, the captain, knock on wood. Everything's looking good that he should be coming back. We got a, a couple of youngsters coming up who we're excited about, and Lucas Reichel and Henrik Borgstrom. And even Patrick Kane this past week said the buzz around this team, it, it feels a little different. And maybe some of that has to do with Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook not being around anymore. It's just a little weird. Those guys have been around since 2003. Um, but it, it just – it feels like it's a little bit different atmosphere around this Blackhawks team right now. And the guys are juiced Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze guys who have been here for a while. They're excited that this front office went out and made the moves that they did. And now it's just a matter of going out there and being competitive and being consistent and doing it through an 82 game schedule. You know, Jeremy Colleton, since he's been the head coach of this Blackhawks team, he hasn't seen 82 games. So, um, you know, the Blackhawks do certainly have some high expectations, uh, it would be great to see him put it together. And a lot of people 
like myself do believe they have the capability of doing it. Uh, so I do feel like it kind of is playoffs or bust, but uh, if they came up a couple points shy and uh, still made some huge improvements defensively, um, and if some, some guys are ready to take the, non- the next step, some young guys that we have that are stepping onto the scene, Brandon Hagel, Philip Kurashev, Kirby Doc, if those guys improve, you know, kind of like the Red Wings in a sense, where if those guys show some flashes at the end of the day, yeah, we'd love to be in the playoffs, but if those core pieces show that they're ready to take that next step, I can't be too mad about it. I am, uh, there's some, I'm, I'm worried for you because there's something that I can go. Are we going to be dead last again this year? No, 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 no. I don't think so. Maybe no. Um, (laughs) okay, good. I thought you were worried about that. (laughs) I am worried about you because the, the situation that the Blackhawks are in, I saw this with the Red Wings in 2011 and 12 and 13 and 14. And I saw it with the Pistons in 2009 and 2010. Uh, I saw it with the Lions this past year, this two, two season, these past two off seasons. Well, not the most recent one, but when a situation where you are saying, okay, we're pushing all our chips into the middle of the table, but it's a rocky situation. Things have potential to go like, horribly wrong like not just regular wrong like a bad hockey team wrong but like clown show wrong after you if you like when you go out and you have an offseason like this and there are expectations and i'm I'm mainly alluding to like an offseason the lions had heading into their final year under matt patricia where it was like okay like he really has to do it this time and then like the second one thing goes wrong, the entire season falls apart and it's completely unsalvageable. I'm not comparing a, a three-time champion in the last decade organization like the Blackhawks to the Lions. I don't want you to, you know, I will check that at the door. But, you know, we, we see, saw it with the Red Wings. We saw it with the, the, the Pistons and it, it just isn't pretty. Or, or is that, are you worried about that at all? And how maybe this offseason might hamstring you for the, for the next half decade and and what this season can tell you about that yeah um the interesting thing about it in that situation that you kind of just brought up pushing our chips in and making the move that we did was it came just one year after we publicly came out to the fan base and said we were rebuilding and trading two first round picks and a second round pick and adam boquist to columbus to take on seth jones for 9.5 million dollars over the next eight years that's not what rebuilding teams do so the Blackhawks, some people do think they jumped the gun a little bit. I could understand why they said that, especially by giving up Adam Boquist, uh, someone who had been making significant strides in the past year. He had a rough go of it in his rookie season, but in that past, last season, he really, especially on the defensive side of things, made huge strides in that area. And also, with getting Seth Jones, the Blackhawks also, potentially now we don't even know if they could have potentially also gone out and signed Dougie Hamilton for about the same money they gave Seth Jones without having to give away this huge package. Now we don't know if the Blackhawks even wanted Dougie. We don't know if Dougie wanted to sign in Chicago. Yes, but it was an option that they could have gone and still kind of stuck in that rebuild mold a little bit longer, you know, not giving up draft picks and still keeping Adam Boquist along the way. So yeah, I I get where you're coming from for sure. We definitely did you know, put our foot on the pedal, if you will, and sped things up in a hurry. 
And it's risky, but at the same time, this team's been floating in limbo for the last four or five years. Like, where are we going? And we finally had some money because of Brent Seabrook retiring, Andrew Shaw retiring, those guys going on LTIR. And it was kind of just, it kind of became this perfect storm where it really could be the last chance where we give Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze a team to compete. And I think Stan just kind of realized in the situation we're in that, you know, why not go for it? We have this opportunity. We don't want to waste Hayes and Kane. I'm sure those guys don't want to be sitting around in limbo like they've been for the past three years any longer. So, yeah, it is for sure an interesting situation, Nolan. And, um, you know, it's definitely ballsy, but at the same time, you got to risk it to get the biscuit, my man. It's got to be the shortest I, announced rebuild ever. Abs- absolutely. Like in the history of absolutely. sport. But at the same time, they spent four straight years in seventh place or lower in their own division. So yeah, that, they that, were that, just like, that announcement like came out about, about two years too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, we're, we're, this is Chicago. We're here to win cups. Fair enough. Fair since enough. when? Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Thursday, September 30th's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day by just simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. Brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.